Hey everybody, happy Friday, it's Jason, I'm skipping the intro this week because I don't have an interesting guest, I just have myself and I'm going to talk a little bit this week, so a little bit different of a show, I'm currently recording this in a hotel room, a Holiday Inn Express in Charleston, South Carolina. I did not think that I would be here this week. I had no plans. But I'm here because my mother is in the hospital at MUSC, Medical University of South Carolina, uh, with a traumatic brain injury. Another thing that I did not expect would ever happen. So about three weeks ago, my mother fell and hit her head. And that caused a subdural hematoma. She uh, and that's when there's a, a pool of blood uh, between the brain and the dura, and it causes pressure onto the brain. So she was taken to Augusta University Medical Center at first, because Statesboro has no neurosurgeon, and that's what she needed. So she got up to Augusta, the neurosurgeon decided surgery wasn't necessary and that the bleed had stopped and discharged her 48 hours after she was there. She came home and um, that was on a Wednesday she was discharged. And then once she came back home, uh, she certainly wasn't herself. Uh, She was uh, very lethargic she just wanted to sleep she wouldn't eat she would barely talk on tuesday of this past week she um had a doctor's appointment during the day with her cardiologist we were just discussing blood thinner because of the brain bleed they took her off the blood thinner uh uneventful you know she could barely keep her eyes open and awake and her head up in the doctor's office. But it was warm there in the little exam room. And the doctor did take 90 minutes to make it in the exam room. But he was going over all the records that he had gotten from Augusta. So he said he agreed, we'll keep you off the blood thinner for now. And when you get better, we'll get you back on it. So we drove home. I drove mom home. She told me on the way home that she wanted to take a pain pill when she got home. She had been prescribed tramadol, which is a very light narcotic. Uh, But she is a weakling with the narcotics. So I knew if I gave her one that she was going to go to sleep and probably be groggy for the next 24 hours once she gets up. It's usually the way it happens with her in tramadol. So she went on straight to bed. My uh, nephew George, who's staying with us for a couple of weeks, took her to bed. She didn't even change clothes. She just got in bed. I took her the tramadol. She took that, and she was knocked out. Three solid hours sleeping. Um, so I was up in my room doing some stuff, and I came back down to the den. It was dinner time, and I was going to cook some dinner. And I looked, and Mom was like sitting in the chair with her leg propped up like she hadn't in a while, and She was looking at her phone, and I looked at her, walked around, looked at her face. She looked great. She talked to me. She sounded great. She sounded normal, and I thought, holy cow. 
I don't know how a tramadol and a three-hour nap fixed everything, but she's perfect. I was happy. I made dinner. She and I ate dinner. She had a butterscotch pudding afterwards, so she was eating, and that was great. And uh, I went up in my room to do some stuff, hang out. And George, my nephew, was in the den eating uh, dinner. He ate after a moment I did. And I'd been in my room about 10 minutes. He came up and got me and said he needed my help. The grandma couldn't talk. Run down to the den, look at mom. She's got a droopy lip on the right side. Uh, she can't talk at all. Nothing comes out. And I thought, okay, she's having a stroke. She was coherent. She would nod her head yes and no to questions. So... You know, she knew what was going on. Medics got there, took her to the hospital, but once again, uh, they did the CAT scan and uh, no stroke. I thought she'd had a stroke, but no stroke. It was actually the pool of blood from the subdural hematoma had gotten larger. The bleeding had not stopped when she left Augusta. So over those few days, it collected and collected more and then pressed on the brain, part of the brain that controls speech, and she couldn't talk because of it. So we rushed her to the hospital in the ambulance. They do the, um, the, the CT scan, no stroke, but they see that pool of blood. So once again, she's got to be transferred out of town to a hospital with a neurosurgeon. This time, the closest hospital with a bed and a neurosurgeon was MUSC here in Charleston. They're a wonderful hospital, an excellent hospital um, from everything I've been told. And uh, so, you know, the problem, too, is unvaccinated COVID patients in the hospital that are taking up ICU beds and other rooms and uh, causing the EMS services to work extra hard when they could have avoided a hospital stay with a simple shot. That's all I'll say about that. So they finally, it took hours to find the room, find the bed at U, uh, MUSC. And then it took six more hours for a transport ambulance to show up that could take her to Charleston because they were so backed up transferring patients because hospitals across the state of Georgia are all on diversion. They have no ICU beds. They just can't handle what's coming in right now. So my sister came on up to Charleston. I stayed in Statesboro to take care of some stuff. And so she handled uh, the first week up here and then told me, no, I, you know, I got to get back, so you come up. So I've come up, and I've been up here this week, and I haven't been a happy man this week. The, um, the nurses are wonderful. Most everybody at the hospital that I've dealt with is wonderful, except for one person, and that's her attending physician, a neurosurgeon. And he's a doctor. He speaks in medical jargon. He talks like he's talking to other doctors. Uh, so, you know, what he's saying to me is one ear and out the other. I have no idea what he's talking about. And he's very quick. He says what he's got to say, and then he leaves the room without any questions. And <laughs> I'm like, wow, that's kind of crazy. Um, so we were having troubles getting answers. 
Nobody would tell us anything. She had been moved out of neuro ICU up to a neuro unit, um, but nobody could tell us what the heck was going on. What was the next step? So when I got up here, right as I got up here on Monday, my sister was still here. They had decided to do something called a burr hole, B-U-R-R hole. It's where they drill a small hole in the brain, insert a tube, and then it drains out that blood that's in the pool. And it worked very well to start with because old blood mixes with uh, spinal fluid and other stuff apparently, becomes more liquidy, and that will flow on out of the tube. But new blood just uh, coagulates, clogs up, and, uh, you know, clogs up the tube so it won't get it out. So they ended up, uh, you know, having that tube in for a couple of days. They had electrodes all over her head because they felt she had had a seizure one night. And it, it's a, you know, a brain seizure. It's not like a muscular thing like you might think of with a seizure. So for 48 hours, they monitored that and they saw no other signs of seizures or, or anything like that. So I get to the hospital uh, yesterday and... You know, I'm all day I'm trying to find information. I can't get anything out of anybody, really. Uh, the doctor came by, his PA came by, but they didn't really tell me anything, and I would ask questions, and they didn't really have answers. Um, not the, the doctor's not a great bedside manner fella, as they say. His PA was okay if she was without him. So uh, I, I got really upset. And late in the afternoon, uh, like around five or so, she took a really bad turn to where she was in a near catatonic state, staring straight forward into nothing, no talking, no responsive to anything, not responsive to anything, squeezing fingers, lifting arms, nothing. So I had a bit of a fit, and, uh, well, the nurse came down, I told her, and she kind of played it off like, yeah, this is just one of those things. And I was not happy with that answer, and I demanded that a neurosurgeon or a doctor that can check her be brought to her room immediately. So she did get a doctor up there, and it was one I had met a couple of nights before, real nice guy. And we had a talk, and he explained some things to me about brain injuries and how how they can get better and then get worse and they get better and they get worse. And I find that hard to accept um, because, you know, I think of an injury, I think of like a broken bone. You go get a cast, it heals. You get the cast off, you're good to go. So it's hard for me to grasp that somebody gets better and then worse. And that's how it's been this whole time. Her healing has taken a step forward, then two back. Just the whole time, that's the way it's been. And I'm having a really hard time with that because I just can't grasp that. I can't. I don't know why, but my brain won't accept it, I guess is what I should say. So I had a good talk with him, and he told me that, um, you know, what did I want? I said, I think she might have had a stroke. He said, I could give her a stroke workup, but it would 
really be bad for the kidneys, and she doesn't need that. And I said, no, she doesn't. I don't want anything more done to her body. And um, we we talked about the cranial type surgery where they actually go you know, take a piece of the skull out and go into the brain and do a lot of cleaning. And we discussed that, and he said, I tell you right now that if I thought that she needed that, I would be taking her into surgery right now. And after we talked, he made me feel better. I came on back to the hotel. He, there was going to be a CT scan done at 4 o'clock this morning on Thursday. And it, yeah, it was a bad morning in the hotel, uh, just not in a good mood, was not in a good mood when I got to the hospital. I kind of knew what to expect, um, and it happened. Uh, there was a new nurse today. I asked her uh about the ct scan that was done at four in the morning and what it showed she didn't know anything about it wasn't anything about it on mom's files so i said hey you know could you get somebody up here to explain it to me she said sure thing so the phys uh the neurosurgeon's pa came up and she spoke with me and um she told me that she had not seen the scans because I asked what they showed. She goes, well, uh, you know, somebody else reads them and writes a report, and I haven't seen the report. But by this time, I had already been informed that she was medically stable for discharge, and they were working on her discharge currently to either be discharged on Thursday or Friday of this week, so today or tomorrow. I got livid and I had to ask that PA how can you sit in a meeting and agree to discharge a patient when she's had a CT scan from a traumatic brain injury and you don't know what the latest CT scan says you don't know if it's still bleeding you know um, so she said well I can have the guy that looked at it talk to you I said that'd be great tell him to please bring it I'm not a doctor. I, I, he can show me on the scan and tell me in words I can understand what is going on. Nobody came throughout the day. Many people came, but not that guy. Um, so he finally shows up. It's kind of weird. He walked in the room. He said, hey, Timmy. I said, hey to him. And he starts getting mom's attention and doing the neuro test of arms lifting, asking questions, uh, but she wasn't talking. And um, so he steps back from her and he kind of looks at me and I'm like, okay, you know, I wanted to say, who the hell are you? But he, then he introduced himself and um, he said something about the scans. And I told him, I was like, well, they said they were going to send somebody up to, 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 to talk to me about the scans and show them to me. He goes, I'm that guy. So he wheels on a computer and shows me the, the scan from four in the morning compared to one uh, from a few days ago. And there was obvious differences. And he explained what everything was, pointed it out, showed me the blood pool, showed me how the brain had shifted off center but was beginning to shift back to center. Um, and he explained to me how he felt that 
rehab was now the best option for mom um, because she's been in the hospital for two weeks here and something called hospital delirium sets in. And they feel that that's the main part of what's wrong with her right now is hospital delirium and not necessarily the brain injury. That's a, another thing that I've got completely, my mind just won't wrap itself around. I, you know, I, I'm no medical guy, so I don't understand all this stuff. So you have to trust them, right? So uh, I talked to the guy and he showed me, it made me feel better. And um, I could understand more of where mom's recovery is at this point. Up to this point, I had no idea. All I saw was going good, bad, good, bad. Which, by the way, if I ever hear one more person say the term waxing and waning, I'm, I'm going to lose it. I don't know if it's in a medical textbook. I don't know if they teach you that in medical school, that term. But every single person I came in touch with used that term to describe how brain injury patients recover. There's waxing and waning. I finally told one of them yesterday, I said, don't ever say those words to me again. You can tell me she has good days or bad days. You can say she has her ups and her downs, but don't use those other terms. I don't, I, you know, it sounds, I, I, I don't even know what it sounds like. It doesn't sound professional to me. So uh, where we stand now, my sister's coming back up tomorrow on Friday. There will be discussions of discharge and where she needs to go, what kind of rehab, and working toward getting that to happen. If they can get it all to happen, she could be discharged tomorrow and transported to a rehab facility or on Saturday. And, of course, we're in Charleston. We live in Statesboro, so we're having to get a place closer to home, which I think also will help mom just that she's back in Georgia and closer to home. Um, it's still a long road that she's got to go, but she's determined. I had a talk with her this afternoon um, about participating in her recovery and fighting like she has never fought before. It's not going to be easy, but you're going to do it. So... She agreed, and she said she does not want to give up. She does not want to go to a nursing home. She wants to be back in her home and knows that in order to do that, she's got a lot of work through rehab to do, physical therapy, occupational therapy, and speech therapy. So that's where we are with my mom, and that's what I've been going through uh, really for the past three weeks, but especially this week, it's been especially hard on me at the hospital here. And, uh, and you know, you see your mom like that, it absolutely kills you. It just rips you in two. And especially when sometimes you look at her and you can tell she's very sad. And I think a part of her might think that this is permanent. 
but we've all you know been encouraging her and telling her you work hard this won't be permanent if you work hard you're going to get back home so that's what she's going to do and that's what we're going to force her to do so that's it for the Jason Durden show this week, guys. I um, I think I need just needed a vent, maybe talk. I don't know. Um, keep my mom in your thoughts, please. And uh, if you're the prayer type, give her a few prayers. Take everything we get. Any positive vibes? She's a wonderful woman. She just turned eighty, and I am certainly not ready for her not to be around. And that's just it. So, thanks again, guys. I appreciate y'all giving this a listen. Don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review. Hopefully, I'll have a new episode out um, with a guest next week. We'll see how it all turns out. Uh, But for now, take care of yourselves. Be good. Follow us on Twitter at Jason Durden Show. Like the show on Facebook at The Jason Durden Show. And check us out online at jasondurden.com. Y'all take care.